Hey, Chris Manning here from Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room, formerly known as Locker Room. Download the app and join Evan and I this week. Uh, I think Wednesday we're going to do on the day after the draft lottery um, to talk all about that, to get in on the action locker room, changing the way that we talk about sports. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the five-year anniversary of the Cavs title. We talked about that a little bit over the weekend on our Spotify green room that you can find right now uh, back in the podcast feed. And uh, we'll talk about that as we get closer to the draft letter on Tuesday. Um, we're also going to, if we have a five-star review from BBS Bali, go Cavs, the review says. These guys have a lot of great knowledge about the Cavs. You can easily tell I've listened to several different Cavs talk podcasts, and this one is the best by far. Keep it up, fellas. 100 emoji flexing bicep emoji Cavs need a three Sexton works on Irving trying to get loose he'll fire knocks it down ground here goes Okoro to the bucket and oh my Okoro throws it down 10 seconds to go here comes Colin Sexton Sexton chased by Hill off the Stevens oh my 45 ticks to go. That shot yes. is blocked by Nance. Get that big stuff out of here. Prince knocks down that Harden pass. Garland's there. Garland upstairs for Allen. Oh, 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 look out. There you go. That's called team ball right there. Evan, happy Father's Day. Thank you. Thank um, you. We're just two, we're two podcast dads out here. I don't. I don't have any kids that I don't. I know said. Of. I said podcast dads. I mean, I we're guess father, this is technically true. If me and your mom worked no, out, I'd no, be your no, podcast no, stepdad. No, we're fathers of the podcast. Well, you're more so the father. I'm just like you're the stepdad. It's we're no, we're like two and a half men, I guess. <laughs> I don't want because I don't want to be John Cryer, nor do I want to be Charlie Sheen. You don't want to be Charlie Sheen. I actually do don't. You, that guy, awful human being. Do you know Charlie Sheen's real name? Yeah, he's, uh, I don't know his real name, but he's Hispanic. It's a whole thing. It's Carlos Erwin Estevez, yeah, Martin known P- professionally as Charlie Sheen. Yeah, because Martin Sheen is also Hispanic. This, I, I know, like, yeah. And like, it's a big, that's why it's like an underratedly big deal that Emilio Estevez, who's related to them, mm-hmm. uses Emilio Martin Estevez. Sheen is Ramon Antonio Gerardo Estevez. Yeah. He whitewashed his name professionally. Also, and then became president. Great character then be, in Mass Effect. Well, then became president on, on the West Wing as Josiah Bartlett, yeah. white guy who went to Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, just the jokes write themselves. Aaron but, Sorkin. Yeah, anyway, he... anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, Evan, we're it's tomorrow's the draft lottery, so we'll be covering. No, we'll... it's not. It's Tuesday. You silly. Bi- oh, this is Monday's episode. My bad. Unbe- I, un- I ruined the immersion. Unbelievable stuff. The sausage is being made. We're act- just so people know we're recording this uh, during the first quarter of Philly Atlanta game seven. Uh, so if there's any random reactions we have, it'll be because of that. But. Uh, the draft lottery is Tuesday night, 8.30 p.m., leading into game two of Suns Clippers, which Suns Clippers game one was a lot of fun. Um, and we'll be reacting to that um, on the pod. And there's a draft lottery so that Evan will be representing the show on uh, that you can check out the whole lock- a bunch of lockdown hosts. Evan will be putting up with them. And then because Chris is a uh, he's Raven Simone and that's so Raven. So this is that's so Chris right now. He gazed into the future and saw 
that his wedding anniversary would fall on the night the Cavs get Cade Cunningham, and he couldn't handle that pressure because he's going to be full of steak and possibly sushi because Marble yeah. Room has both of those things. Yeah, that'll be my. That's going to be my appetizer. Wow, bougie here. This is the real good podcast money here, folks. Chris <laughs> is just flexing on them all. You know, we are the first billion dollar Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. I already have like three cyber trucks in my garage right now. I so it's that. life is great. Yeah, we're absolutely just extremely rich. But we're so tomorrow's show we have Richard Stamen from Lockdown and be a draft. Um I did a podcast with him a little bit ago. It's it's just kind of been banked about player fits with the Cavs. We talked about Scotty Barnes, Moses Moody, uh, talked about the Evan Mobley of it all. Like, There's a lot of really good stuff in there that will be, some of it will become relevant, irrelevant post-Tuesday, and some of it will remain relevant. So that's going to be our next draft show. Uh, we talked about some draft stuff on the Spotify Grudem over the weekend. But Evan, let's talk about the title. Um, we're going to do some stuff that... Yeah, what's the title of this episode? Well, what are you going to call it? Um... The uncanny. I don't. I don't know. I need. To, I'll come up with like some kind of like comic booky title, like the like something Marvel-y, like a, a classic like title. Because I think we should talk about some of the unsung part of of this, right? Like we talked a lot. Like a lot of the big stuff that the reason they won has been revisited a lot um, in the last couple of days. Like there, there's the Jason Lloyd piece about like where some of the guys have been. Um, you know, there's been a lot of the other retrospectives. Our friends at the Chase Town did their whole rewatch series with with a bunch of different folks uh including larry nance jr like there's a lot of stuff that has already sort of been done on this i think what i want to do is just talk a little bit about some of the unsung stuff from that finals run and i kind of just want to start with the fact that i really i just and we've talked i think you and i have at least talked about this privately before i really don't think they win that series if like the chaining fry trade doesn't happen i'm like convinced of this oh no not at all chaining fry was I want to say virtually useless against the Warriors, but he was the glue that brought everybody together. And granted, they had Richard Jefferson there to begin with, who was a big part of it, but like Channing and RJ had an existing relationship to begin with. And then they more or less, like Channing said, he wrote that really great piece for the Players' Tribune where he pretty much more or less told the guys, like, why aren't we having fun? This is a super team. Like, let's go out and have fun. Let's go do things together. Like, before that, Kevin Love was kind of a loner and just sit in his apartment, his very rich apartment in downtown Cleveland and watch movies in his spare time. We all know Kyrie Irving is a little bit of a loose cannon to begin with. LeBron isn't the easiest person to hang out with. And quite frankly, I feel like hanging out with LeBron to be super freaking boring. I mean, like, yeah, he'll, well, he won't pay for everything because he's cheap, but like LeBron's interests outside of basketball are working out in basketball and, you know, now doing Space Jam. But making, at the time, he was making lots of money. That's true. That's true. But, um, and also driving a Kia, which is still like the most surprising thing I think I learned from this championship era run was like LeBron was the official like athlete of Kia Motors. And he did in fact drive cause somebody called him out on it. And then he shared that he does drive the Kia that gave him to the arena. I, I respect it. But, um, either way, um, yeah, no, Channing really is vital. Like, there is no championship without Channing Fry. I think he also really endeared himself to the fan base because of it, because of how fun he a personality he was off the court. And honestly, like, he, is, he wasn't here very long. He played his last season with the Cavs. He had a pretty wacky last game ever. That was actually my first game I covered in person against the Charlotte Hornets. Colin Sexton got 10 assists that game, I remember. But, like... 
Channing was vital to that, and his big thing was just camaraderie, and like that team had none of it. It was just a lot of amalgamation of parts that didn't really click because the Miami Heatles, where LeBron played with, like he was already best friends with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh because of the, their time together in the Olympics, and they all came up in the same draft class together. Like, there's a lot of storylines and narratives there where like LeBron is a very polarizing figure and he can kind of isolate people. And he already did plenty of that with Kevin and Kyrie and Channing kind of just brought everybody back to the table. And that's huge. Yeah. I, I think like it, like him and Richard just sort of being like the levity in the locker room is just like, I think extremely important. Like mm-hmm. I, I understand that if like the idea of like, if people, you know, and we, I think we've had this discussion with like people on our fear the sword, like slack and whatever. Like I do understand if people want to like poo poo culture and poo poo, like, you just need the best guy and like that will sort of take care of itself. I do just sort of think like the vibes and all of that stuff just like it really matter in a real way. And I think especially like when you're going against a team that just goes to Golden State, like that kind of edge is just going to matter. Like I do think like the buy-in just like mattered. And I think like, like they don't mm. win the title if, if David Blatt is the coach. I firmly believe that because Ty Lue is getting his, I think should be getting his roses right now. And like, Oh, Ty Lue is getting his roses again because he systematically made the Utah jazz look foolish yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. Like doing a masterful job at making interiors adjustments. And like, I, I think because he- the narrative with Cleveland was LeBron's the coach. Tyler Lou's just a puppet. He's not really doing anything other than, you know, telling Mike Longabardi to sit down and stop coaching the defense. <laughs> Well, yeah, and, like, he took, there's, like, a lot about, like, him taking over the defense and, and from Mike and stuff. But, like, I, I just think, like, those guys and then, like, you know, like, Ty being able to, to kind of have one conversation with guys, but then Channing being, like, the group connector is just, like, the, the, the personalities with him and Dante Jones and, like, um, too much electrics and I think Mo Williams, like, those are the kind of guys that I think, like, if you don't have them around... Like, some of this is certainly, like, probably a nostalgia play on my part. I just don't think you're winning the title unless, like, you have the right collection of guys there to be with you, right? Like, I just don't ultimately think, like, this is the same story we're telling, much less, like, you know, they came back from, like, ultimate adversity, 3-1. Like, you're you're just not winning, I think, unless you're sort of tuned in Mm -hmm. as a group in that way. No, I absolutely agree. And before we take a quick break, I do want to say, speaking of veterans, that were just fun. Um, like another underrated moment for me was Mo Williams just kind of having a big moment. And I think it was in game six, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I think so. No, game six or game seven. It was it was in home. It was at home, and like so Mo Williams was six. virtually. Yeah. So. Or it could have been four or five too. I don't know. But Mo Williams had a big game in this series, and for those of you who may know. I was a big Mo Williams guy, especially after LeBron left. Um, like when the Cavs traded him to the Clippers, I actually got a Mo Williams Cavs jersey as a birthday gift. And they didn't really do return policies at that point, so it just kind of became a collector's item. Um, so it was just kind of cool to see him have his moment. It's a shame how things ended between him and the organization. I think things are kind of smoothing back over now, but at the time, the relationship wasn't great after the championship. But happy for mo it was a good moment and i i just enjoy that a lot a little bit of nostalgia is always potent with me yeah the the williams tenure with the Cavs, like you can go back and something i've had forgotten about like him opting into his uh player option was like kind of like the organization i think just like got a little like salty with him a little bit um but i i think mo williams like being a key coming back and like getting his ring that way um just remains like a really really cool thing there's a very good scott kekiola 
uh, New York Times story from 2018 about about Mo that I'll put in the show notes that uh, when he was just had gotten into coaching at the college level. Now he's obviously head coach in college, and he's had a very cool basketball life. And um, I I I, he, I know he can be sort of like cantankerous, I think, with some people, but like, yeah, um, is I think a very like cool Mo, guy to Mo, talk about this with. If, if Mo, if you happen to be listening. The offer is still on the table from last summer for you to come on the show and talk. Yeah, with well, us. let's let's pull that back. So we almost had him on the show, and then he took an, then he took his head coaching job. Yeah, that's more or less exactly what happened. Like we had him on, ready to go. We had it the like call. essentially booked, like basically just booked. yeah. I was at work at the time. This was before the pandemic really took off too, and um, I went to my car and we sat there for like an hour and then we just pretty much were told like, Oh, some, something came up and this something that came up is he became the head coach at Alabama state. So understandable, but Mo, if you happen to be listening, still one of my all time favorite Cavs, there's something about Cleveland players wearing number two and being all stars, whether it's you Kyrie and maybe Colin Sexton one day, but please, the door is always open for you to come on the show. Yeah. Mo Williams. All right, we're going to take a break here. Uh, Evan, I think you're going to tell everyone about our friends at Indeed. Indeed, I will. With tools like Indeed Instant Match giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately, and Indeed skill tests that on average reduce hiring times by 27%, you should probably post your job on Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Again, get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked indeed.com slash locked offer valid through june 30th so hurry and post that job as soon as you can terms and conditions apply contact chris manny for more details don't do that uh evan it's also the road to the finals brought to you by Michelob ultra here and quick 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 do you have a pick who's your finals pick chris because the nets are out so i'm kind of scrambling phoenix suns i'm all in who are they gonna play nobody milwaukee I think it's going to be Phoenix and Milwaukee as yeah. well. Unless Ty makes a real tactical change. Um, the, the, the folks in Phoenix who will be cooking in like 200 degree weather, because that's how I imagine how hot it is out there, will be needing an ice cold Michelob Ultra yeah. to cool off. So today on the road to the finals, our coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And in 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little more this season. So, I, I, but I just got to say, I just want to talk very quickly just that the fact that I think what Kevin Durant did in two of those last three games is just, like, a remarkable. I kind of think he's the best player in the world right now. Um, um, he absolutely is. And it was soul-crushing to watch him become human in the closing moments like in Game 7 against Milwaukee where he airballed that long, too, because his foot was on the line. I was just like, oh, God. Because he had just hit that wild shot to tie the game or at least force overtime at that point yeah was the, the forcing overtime shot is one of the nuttiest shots i've ever seen he is he's unbelievable um uh, but Giannis, i just want to say Giannis coming up big in game seven i also just want to salute uh chris middleton and drew holiday too because i i think they both played very badly in the beginning of game seven and for them to just kind of mentally stay in the game and hit bigger shots late in that game is just it's just awesome to see so salute to the milwaukee Bucks. i also want to pour one out from milwaukee fans because I've heard this, and I think it's now been reported, uh, Budenholzer saved his job, and he's probably going to get an extension now. Yeah. Um, that's a shame. <laughs> Budenholzer's a good regular season coach. If the Bucks make the finals, that's great. Um, I don't know if you're going to be able to see this a lot with Mike Budenholzer at the helm, but ugh, ugh. We'll, we'll, but, t- we'll talk about this at a later date. But, Evan, um, yeah. let's uh, 
Let's 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 take it. Let's warp back five more years and talk about some underrated aspects. Uh, with the 2016 championship, Cleveland Cavaliers and mine is Sasha Cowan's fit during the finals. He dressed like a school teacher and he owned it. And I don't know, Sasha Sasha Cowan was just like fascinating when he came to Cleveland. Like I was super all in on the addition of it, but he was pretty much not a factor at all but just an, an interesting footnote on that championship team is sasha count was part of it ditto for anderson Verjao, but sasha count was pretty neat i can't believe you went sasha khan he averaged 0.9 points one rebound 0.1 assists 0.2 steals and 0.2 blocks in 25 games good for sasha um I mean, also at the same time, Timofey Mozgov, that was another big development as well, is you wouldn't have seen this with David Blatt. Like you said, the Cavs would not have won the title David Blatt, but Ty Lue more or less yeeted Mozgov from the rotation and stuck Tristan Thompson at the five and ran with it, and it worked. And, like, Mozgov was a huge addition, and I think the injuries, like the knee injury especially, was a big part of it. And just really interesting to see how that development transpired too. Cause like Mozgov was a big piece for the Cavs for a while. And then Tristan Thompson is just kind of waiting in the wings. Yeah. I, well, speaking of Tristan Thompson, I just want to say that like unbelievable Tristan Thompson stuff during this, during this oh, finals. When he, when he bodied Draymond green on that dunk, when he climbed with Draymond's back, it's so fun watching just like game six and seven, like highlights for the Cavs. Game six in particular, like, I, I think just had some incredible just stuff in terms of uh, bodying dudes and just, like, absolutely crushing guys in the lane and helping to hold the Warriors to, like, a season long point to that, like, a quarter long point in time. It's like, Tristan is this guy that, like, he's maybe not um, what he is. Like, he's not at his apex, I think, at this point. Like, he just isn't but i i think tristan this is oh, like no. very clearly like apex tristan thompson yeah it is like tristan for sure like you look at it now like big man i'm like i'm watching joel Embiid bring the ball up the floor right now like that's the new norm is playing through playmaking big men who are stretchy like tristan thompson granted did hit a three-pointer in Philadelphia before Ben Simmons is not a three-point shooter and he's certainly not a playmaker even though he tried to move the rock a little bit um Tristan really set the template for like a brief moment of what a modern big man could be going well, forward. I would, like well, let, let's, let's say like a role playing big. I wouldn't say well, like yeah. yeah, but like in the modern era, like the center, it, well, at least the Warriors and then the Rockets, who turned into a science experiment, like three pointers and fast twitchy guards and like wing depth is becoming the priority here. Um, big men just kind of came obsolete. They're dinosaurs and they adapted. And this is the new norm. Like we're talking about now, like you look at like Embiid or you look at Jokic or you look at Isaiah Hartenstein, what have you like Tristan Thompson kind of set the template for a second. Cause he was switchy. He played Evan, defense Evan, and Evan, like, Evan. I just what? want to say that you went Embiid to Jokic to Isaiah Hartenstein, like no shade, but come on. He's a playmaker. Evan, man, dude. Evan he plays defense. Evan, Listen, oh my just let goodness. me have this. No. So Tristan Thompson was fun. He was switchy. He wasn't a liability if you got had him dragged to the perimeter. But like Chris said, this was kind of his apex. I think him being the Iron Man for the Cavs caught up with him much later. But this was the peak, and it was a gradual decline from there. And then he was really banged up towards the end of his time with Cleveland. And 
Like, ba- 20, 2018 regular, 2017-18 regular season is basically just, like, dead until the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Dead until the playoffs because he just has one last gasp in him and then really bottoms out, like, and then has a healthy or a very unhealthy first season post LeBron. Then his last season in Cleveland was a lot of fun at some points, like good team guy. And overall, like he was fully healthy again. So like he looked solid in some bursts, but eventually he broke down again. And then you look at him in Boston, he was fairly unremarkable just because I think he reached his apex during the 2015, 16 season. It's been a gradual decline and I think he'll still have a career, but we'll just never see Tristan Thompson that good again. Well, I, I, I think you go back to him when he was with on those those LeBron-led Cavs teams. Like, number one, like, he absolutely obliterates the Hawks uh, in two back-to-back playoff series. Like, just owns Horford and uh, Millsap to the point where today, like, they're, it, it's all the Albie, Al Horford is now playing with his Wait. dad jokes. Wait. Yeah, happy Father's Day to Tristan Thompson, and congratulations. You get to play with your son next year in Boston. There's also, like, another brand of Tristan jokes about being a dad that are, like, object- like if you search his name on Twitter, it is cursed. But um, the other – that right now. An absolutely incredible screener is the other thing I just want to say. Like, oh, sets sure. absolutely bruising screens, absolutely varies the kind of screen tech. He angles his body right. He makes good contact. He is, like, getting – angling things the way that exactly he wants to at this point in time like uh, honestly like just an unbelievable player at this point um him and gloves yeah. him and love and together he's... were absolutely great had like that little floater game um had this little like secondary passing stuff that like he didn't hasn't always had but like had his head at points where he's like making the read out of the short roll or makes the quick little pass when he gets doubled like there was just little stuff he was doing that i think went like very underrated um, for for a variety of reasons, and like obviously this, but again, oh, I just gosh. this is such of his apex. Yeah, Tristan was super underrated, and I think he remained underrated because a lot of pe- that this was this the year before he signed his contract extension. He signed it in 2015. Okay, so people were questioning. It's Jr. who signed the extension. Then yeah, J- J- Jr. leverages the title and his performance in the title to the contract, and Tristan gets it before as like a bet that he could be a part on a title team. Okay, that makes more sense. It's just I couldn't remember which clutch contract which Paul bent the Cavs over the barrel over. Um, JR being more of a mistake than Tristan ever will be because Tristan more than earned those dollars. And we even talk about the fact that like he's obviously no Dennis Robin in terms of rebounding, but like Tristan Thompson for a while is like one of the best rebounding big men in the league and arguably like putting up such elite numbers. Like he got the Cavs so many bonus possessions and we talk about the 2016, 17 Cavs, like the biggest, what if, if like Kevin Durant didn't join the Warriors, like how much of a buzzsaw would it have been for Cleveland to win a championship, a back, to, a, ba- a second championship. Um, Tristan was a huge part of that because his nose to get offensive boards is just oh, so big. Unbelievable. Getting, yeah, unbelievable. getting extra possessions for the Cavs. And like the Cavs were just bombs away from three at that point. So it just made Tristan's life so much easier. Granted, kick it back out to LeBron and Kyrie, but like it just, oh, I miss watching good basketball with this team, and the way they embarrass the Hawks is, I mean, yeah, the championship was amazing, but the way they embarrassed Atlanta in the second round, and then the way they just, you know, showed everyone that Toronto still is not a threat, um, it's not my favorite Toronto win. My favorite Toronto win is the last LeBron year. LeBron just absolutely becomes mayor of Toronto in four games. Yeah, when the city got but renamed to LeBron. It's so fun. Yeah, and then people were – because I think that's when Views from the Six came out and people were just photoshopping LeBron sitting on the needle in Toronto. And I'm like, this is great. 
Um, Tristan was a big part of it, and I think he's an underrated player, and I'm still firmly in the camp that, I don't know, maybe retiring numbers isn't the right thing, but maybe the Cavs should no longer reissue 13 to any player who asks. Yeah, I, I think the thing when you talk that you there's a very good Zagalopitz that I will also link back where like the, the the one of the things is that like the Cavs at the time when they drafted Monk understood that it was a guy that like understood what he was when he came into the league, and like that mm-hmm. that is just such a crazy thing that I think Tristan has always kind of had. But Evan, we got to take another break. Um, we do. You know, as NBA players, like I don't I don't know if there's any like NBA players that consume built bars, but like I kind of think it might not be a bad option for them if they're trying to get some protein out there. You know. Especially one that doesn't taste like crap because Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Yeah, so right now they have nine great, amazing flavors. That includes coconut, which I had one a coconut bar today, and it was great. They have coconut almond, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everyone. Um, if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can also get a mixed box where you get two of each of the nine flavors. And there's also, at times, limited time flavors like they had birthday cake not too long ago. Most Bilt Bar flavors have 70 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and just 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. Other flavors have 18 grams of protein, 180 calories, and just 5 grams of sugar with 5 grams of net carbs. Order today and get that raspberry or that mint brownie or that coconut or whatever you like. Or a grasshopper if it's available. Such a good flavor yeah. when it came in the mail. Mm-hmm. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, Evan, let's let's just talk a little bit about Broderick Cavs history too because I uh, people may have seen this already. I thought you were about to say Broderick Thomas. I'm like, we're really shifting lanes right now, Jeff Domina. Yeah, we're not sickos like Jeff, but... Uh, <laughs> Unbelievable. Jeff has never given us an actual physical dollar and is like abusing us for content and text. Unbelievable stuff. Um, happy Happy Father's Day to, to the people that have to put up with Jeff Nomina for being Jeff Nomina. But so the SB Nation over the weekend released um, this first episode of the of Rewind, and they're doing uh, it's a long going series. They're they're team at Seeger based, and Seth Rosenthal is like the premier architect of it. A lot of really talented people working on it. Um, and they're doing a three-part, basically a Cavs documentary on, on the 20... 20- yeah, because for those who maybe don't watch Secret Base that often, Rewinds are usually like 10, 13-minute videos where they like give you like a brief, some brief context on what happened in this moment. But I didn't mean to steal Chris's thunder, but um, there's a lot that came to the Cavs winning a title, and they're like, this is going to be more than just like a 10 minute segment like I th- it's going to be multiple i think it's going to be three parts i have it, it, a feeling it well it is three parts i I, w- I, I I know it's three parts we talked about it off the air i know i'm just i'm trying to i'm trying to suspend disbelief so the listeners are interested well we also want to get them into like knowing that there's three parts that's fair it's it's based on the shot, the stop, and the block. Yeah, so like there's a Kyrie episode, which is the one that came out. That, that was into the draft and labor. Um, there's a ton of great Cavs history stuff. Episode two, I think, is the Kevin Love episode. I, for full transparency, did get to do – I did a script consult with Seth on that, and they were really great to work with. I'm doing some work with um, Ricky O'Donnell and Seth Pollock uh, from SB Nation on some of the – to promote it as well. We're going to do some stuff for the sword covering it sort of as like our own mini like online last dance. It's really, really good. Like the draft – the Kyrie like working out as a draft pick for the Cavs is like ultimately just like sort of crazy to think about just because of like the Stepien era and like everything that went along with the team for so long. Ted Stepien was an absolute madman and I, I did – I was wrong. I thought he was the one who tra- traded the James Worthy pick. Um, 
but he did throw softballs into a crowd and um, and broke a woman's wrist down to the car and hurt somebody's shoulder. So that's neat. And then there's a rule named after him now for that's why teams cannot trade picks in consecutive drafts. Yeah. And then the league had to approve every single trade that he tried to agree to, which is absolutely cuckoo banana stuff. Uh, I, I know we complained about the Dan Gilbert ownership a lot and like some of the weirdness that comes. Well, I, team. and I, and I, I don't want to just say, I think it's actually very fair to complain about a lot of Dan Gilbert stuff, but I think like Ted Stepien's at in their level. Yeah. Ted Stepien is like, the crust on Satan's taint kind of bad. Like Dan Gilbert's nowhere near as that bad. Like Ted Stepien actively talked about moving the team to Pittsburgh and Toronto and the Toronto thing became really real, which, you know, is also just kind of funny with how the Cavs kind of own Toronto. (laughs) So it's just interesting how life works out, but, um, really appreciate makes you appreciate how good the guns were and we talked about this a lot last year with book because the book club especially with vintage cast because terry fluto essentially waxes poetic for 200 pages about the guns and, and everything and about the, how the, that's how basketball sh- is yeah, that's the, the right way basketball's played yeah uh the other th- yeah, I just, it's like just also crazy to think about that like as just a reminder the pick that became Kyrie was like not the Cavs like lotto pick. That was the pick they got in the Baron Davis Mo Williams trade with the Clippers. Two point eight percent chance of being the first overall pick, and the Cavs had a nineteen point nine percent chance of getting the first overall pick. That pick fell to four, and the Clippers pick jumped to one. People can eyes and say the NBA did right by them because that's the year after LeBron left. But I don't care. The Cavs had like we talk about this a lot like fandoms forwards during those bad eras and like i knew when i watched Kyrie play they had they had the guy that they could build around yeah and it's just like it's just funny how like that like the guy that gets in the position hit the shot like very easily could have not been there um could have been a clipper could have been theoretically or, or, yeah or someone else or like on another team or like they could have taken Derek williams or like messed it up like oh my god do you remember that i know we talk about this a lot but Derek williams in Kemba Walker was a lot of people's plan B if they weren't sold on Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that was like the other thing that they could have done, and like I don't know, I don't, I don't think it's like, like improbable. Well, I don't think it's like improbable that like Kemba in an alternate reality like could have hit that shot, like he hit that shot in college, like in a lot, like he was cardiac Kemba in college. But like Kyrie is like special to a degree that I think at times like we don't, we don't like just. Like Kyrie, I'm a try- Kyrie basketball truther. The guy's a genius, and like yeah, the, he's the, a savant. Well, and just like him handling that moment is just like him being in that spot is like, like the, the, I people were talking a lot about the Kyrie LeBron relationship over the weekend and like Twitter. I saw it, but like I I could like I would read a book. I would watch a documentary about it. Like there's so much that I feel like we just don't understand about it in a lot of ways. And like I look at. Kyrie and it's like that guy like hit what is one of the best shots in NBA history and it's like not the play that anyone remembers even though like it arguably should be in a lot of ways but because it's LeBron hit the hit the block like you know goes a different direction no it really is and let's put a pit on Kyrie because we should probably talk about him more I miss him um but just want to know something fun that Bill Simmons slash the Grantland staff can set his ceiling and floor are I need you to guess if you, I I remember this because I read it after the fact. I'm like, there's no way. I I don't want to guess. Just tell me. His ceiling was a super Mike Conley, and his floor was Devin Harris. I, Evan, you know my take on player comps. 
No, I know, but like that's so off base. And like for Kemba Walker, the new Raymond Felton, the floor with J- J- Johnny Flynn, and then Tristan Thompson, Beast Mode, Craig Smith, floor Amir Johnson. The Tristan pick at four was like, well, so- I, there's another word where they take like Jonas Valanciunas. Yeah, that's I. That's who I kind of wanted the Cavs to take when back in 2011. I was like, yeah, Jonas and Kyrie, like that's a pretty good, not a bad pickup right there. But boy, was I wrong. And I don't know. Yeah, it could be like Bismack Biombo too, or Jan Vesley. Ugh, that's Airwolf. Airwolf. There are so many fun names in this draft. Former Cavalier Alec Burks, the Morai, uh, Kawhi, and Vooch. It's interesting. I mean, if you had the power of hindsight completely, I think you'd go Kyrie, and then assuming Kawhi goes second at that point, you probably take. Well, Kawhi. I the, think if from Kawhi's probably going one, realistically. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. So you take Kawhi, and then it'd probably go Kyrie, Jimmy, and then it's just a you'd take Clay then. I I mean I don't know I like I just think like if you're actually doing a proper Kawhi's the best player from this class. I know. I'm just curious what you thought. Um, but I'm also the mentality that Kawhi Leonard doesn't become Kawhi Leonard if he isn't traded to San Antonio. Well, I, yeah, that's so. the thing. It's like all of this could go so many different directions if depending on where you go. Like Kyrie's career probably plays that sort of differently in some ways if he's not in Cleveland. Like there's just different – like like if he doesn't have to like have a press conference to Nike f- like fought the waiters, like you know what I mean? Like, like – Colin Sexton and Darius Garland haven't done that just yet. Like that, and like it's funny because like for me the twenty the Dion like when they when they weren't going to get Beal that was when I was like okay like that's like where this like falls off for them. It's like not being able to get Beal in that next draft is like the big is the big problem in a lot of ways. And then like I I was sick when they drafted Dion. Well, I was like fine with it because I was like okay take the guard, but like I just Beal would have been the obvious fit. And then I just I just still think taking Nerlens was or all the depot the next draft instead of Bennett is just like what I would have done, but. Uh, I guess so. You could have taken Kyrie's BFF Harrison Barnes, though, because MK- MKG was not available. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, Harrison Barnes might have been okay, too. Anyway, Evan, that's going to be it. We're, that's our, our We'll do some more 2016 stuff, I'm sure, at some point. It's just sort of a, an inevitably like a, a thing we can come back to and talk about other stuff. Oh, absolutely. Um, We actually plan on having Greg Swartz on eventually to talk about his little project about the 2016 title. And it's really, really impressive. I read it this weekend and um, I really enjoyed it. Like the art's great. The writing's great. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Richard Stamen from Locked on NBA Draft. And again, check out the Draft Lottery show with Evan and a bunch of the other Locked on NBA hosts there. Um, but And also want to remind you to check out the Locked on Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked on Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you in the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked on Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm sure there's a lot of NBA stuff they'll be covering there. But again, until tomorrow, this has been Chris Evans here with me as well. We'll talk to you tomorrow.